one and we are recording with miss claire lopez on thursday january 5th 2023 at three does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again when copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act that sun's shining on a beach and when copilot uncovers hidden insights you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's microsoft copilot learn more at microsoft.com slash ai for all 40 p.m eastern time the first episode in the new year with miss lopez both regaling each other about our 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 christmas festivities and by that i mean putting on pounds of 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 cookies and and potatoes and beer and all that good stuff but miss lopez how are you doing well very glad to be back with you tommy um and uh, I will wish you a happy new year. Thank you. You as well. Um, well, because of uh, the holidays and by design, I I unplugged from the news. I watched Home Alone several times <laughs> and uh, I hung out with my brother and my my parents. Um, I've been completely unconnected. All I really can gather from, I guess, the 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 outermost fringes of the Internet seeping through is. Something is going on with the Speaker of the House. Something is going on with Title 42. And uh, there are more Twitter files. But that's about as much of a, a finger on that I have on the pulse of the world right now. And I got to be honest, I, I don't mind being a little unplugged right now. But I do need to be cognizant of the world. So I suppose this podcast will be my uh, my official re-entry into the, the, the world at large for 2023. And... I'm shifting that entire responsibility onto you to tell me what's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, what you mentioned, really, um, those things are dominating the news. Um, of course, these last several days have been 24-7 nonstop um, about the fight for the speakership in the House of Representatives. Uh, the last I saw this afternoon is that Kevin McCarthy has just lost the eighth vote and I think they're doing a ninth one, maybe now. Um, and uh, there is a hardcore uh, of Freedom Caucus, House Freedom Caucus members uh, that just will not budge. Among them are Lorna, uh, Lauren Boebert um, of Colorado and Matt Gates of Florida and uh, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania and several more, um, as we know. McCarthy cannot lose more than four votes overall um, if he is to get to the magic number of 218. And at last look, not been glued to it, but it looks like at least uh, 10 uh, are still holding out against him. So uh, what we're getting down to is is sort of the maybe hopefully, you know, the final um stages of, of this battle uh will he um you know finally give up um he has uh, granted a lot of concessions on uh freedom caucus um demands for changes to the rules about how the house is run uh he has uh, conceded quite a bit um but there are some who are not satisfied yet and really 
no matter the, the concessions, really just don't want him there. Um, I've heard a lot of commentary, um, as you might imagine, uh, from all sides of this over the last few days. Um, and, and I have to say that for those who are uh, criticizing the process as, oh, we're airing our dirty laundry and the whole world is watching. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. The whole world is watching. They're watching the democratic process. Um, and this is how democracy is supposed to look. Messy, even chaotic, contentious, uh, raucous. Um, and there's a whole bunch of the world that looks at this and wishes that they too could speak out honestly and forth forcefully um, and, and, and voicing their true opinions out loud on camera and not have a commissar knocking on their door that night. Mm. Um, I, I think this is a good lesson uh, for America and for the world. Yes, do we want to get down uh, to the business of the Republican majority, um, you know, um, taking their oaths of, of office in the House um, and, and getting about the business of the House, in particular, um, beginning those hearings and so forth that have been promised? Yeah, yeah, we do want that to happen. But in the meantime, uh, what you're watching, um, I think, is a lesson in democracy. Remember, after our revolution, our Revolutionary War against Britain, um, beginning in, uh, 19, in uh, 1776, we didn't get a ratified constitution until 1789. That was a process. So uh, right. with, with you know a lot of, of uh, heated arguments and um, backing and forthing, um, to get to that point of our of our constitution finally being ratified. So um, I, I, I don't mind this. I don't think it's a bad thing. Somebody else just pointed out to me uh, a short time ago, I was talking with them on the phone. Um, we'll be reminded that, that tomorrow is January 6th, the anniversary of two years ago, uh, when some rowdy characters and, and perfectly innocent people um, brought their concerns uh, to the uh, Capitol building and how many of them to this day languish as political prisoners uh, inside of jail because of it. So the fact that this process, an open and raucous and out loud process of democracy is going on inside of the Capitol building, uh, perhaps through tomorrow, I don't know, maybe longer. I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good example uh, for the world of, of what a really um, open uh, and, and at least hopefully free uh, democratic constitutional republic looks like. That's a, that's a good point. It, was, it wasn't just 1776 and then... And then there we go. We're good. That was third. That's thirteen years. That's that ain't nothing. I mean, that's twenty ten to now. That was my sophomore year of college till now. And it's you don't really think about it because anything in the past, the dates just 
you just kind of go through World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. What you just that was thirteen years. That's the stuff does take time. Now, what is? I have to ask, and I have to admit my own ignorance. Is this a? Is this kind of um? Is it normally this tumultuous, voting for a speaker? No, of the house? Okay. no, it's not. Um, it, it it it's more reminiscent of how tumultuous a um you know a a, a parliamentary uh, system sure. might be. For example, in Britain, uh, where there, where there's quite a bit of of you know raucous um commentary and and even shouting you know from the back bench and so forth. Uh, but here, and, and this is the point, for so long, uh, the Republican establishment, uh, which is what the revolt is all about, the revolt of the House Freedom Caucus is against the Republican forces of the establishment in the House. In the Senate, uh, for the moment, it's a lost cause with, with Mitch McConnell as the majority or the minority leader. But in the House... Um, that this is going on uh, there too for the longest time there had not been any meaningful pushback against the GOP establishment and and that's what we're seeing now coming out of the House Freedom Caucus and some of those names I just mentioned a bit ago what is the most likely outcome then right because so it seems like they don't want him, right? That's that much is apparent. A certain number do not. Now, now what they'll say is that while they're willing to step out there and, and put their faces and their names to their uh, revolt, their opposition to Kevin McCarthy as uh, House Speaker, uh, they will say that there are many more uh, among the now slim but Republican majority uh, in the House who haven't stepped forward openly yet, but that once McCarthy backs off, uh, steps down from his quest to be speaker, that many more of them would step forward. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, we're just going to have to watch it play out. And why did he, I do know that he moved his things into the the office of, I guess, speaker of the house, what was is that? Is that just kind of like a political gaffe? Did he actually think he was going? No, I, I mean, I don't think it was a gaffe so much as it was. Uh, you know, I have a right to this. Um, it's mine. Uh, I've earned it. I mean, he said things like this uh, well, on well, on camera, or at least on mic. Um, why is that? Jumping the gun, maybe, huh? Why is that? And again, I'm 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 admitting complete ignorance of this. I should know this. Why is that? Why why is there? Was he the expected? Like it'd be like if, uh, you know, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio or something, and you were at some award ceremony, you you might expect you're gonna win. You're you're Leonardo, right? You, is there something there? Why does he hold a lot of power? Does he? He, ever... he holds an enormous amount of power, okay. or would uh, as speaker. Um, and and you know, truth be told, he is a very effective uh, fundraiser for the Republican Party. Um, he uh, has attended all of these myriad events, um, as they call them, the rubber chicken dinners uh, that are the fundraisers, for example. Um, you know, uh, the politicking part of, of, of being Speaker of the House. He, he, has, he has done all of that. That's true. Um, 
what the House Freedom Caucus objects to is not so much that, in which he's he's been very hardworking and and one might even say, um, you know, successful. Um, but the way that he wields the power behind the scenes, for example, the way that he destroyed, backstabbed a former representative from the state of Iowa, Steve King, what he did to him, which was um, awful. Uh, read Steve King's book uh, to, to, to find out more about that. That kind of power, the power to grant or take away committee assignments, uh, the power to disperse those funds that, that he's been out there fundraising to different campaigns or to withhold them. Um, the complaints, you know, that he has interfered at um, the, the, the primary uh, election level sometimes when there is uh, a challenge at, 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 at the primary level against an entrenched establishment Republican, you know, being challenged by uh, a, 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 an up and comer uh, not part of the establishment. What happens to those people? Uh, look at what what happened, um, you know, in in any number of of, of states. Um, how McCarthy did interfere in in primary races. The, these are among the rule changes that that the rebels, if you want to call them that, uh, demanded changes in that that the speaker not have. Uh, the power or, or uh, you know, the right to interfere at the primary level just because uh, he, she wants to support the establishment candidate uh, uh, against an up and comer who might be more aligned with House Freedom Caucus uh, values and principles. Um, another one of the rules changes that I, apparently I think um, McCarthy has given in on uh, for another example um, is that when uh, the chairs of different House committees uh, want to issue subpoenas for testimony, for hearings. The Speaker uh, has had the right to rule on, on whether those subpoenas go out or not, and he can squash them. And McCarthy has squashed subpoenas that his own Republican Party committee chairs uh, wanted to issue on important topics, just because he didn't want the hearings to go forward or the, that particular subpoena to, to go forward. So rules changes like these that, that would um, trim, really, uh, the power of the Speaker of the House, uh, these are some of the things that, that are at issue um, with, with this House Freedom Caucus revolt. Um based on and this is i mean i guess there's we don't know the answer but as always i will i will shift that burden onto you and make you a crystal ball do you think there is or is this just my own fixation on it because it's what i do every day with podcasting do you think there's anything involved with he as speaker of the house do you think there would maybe not be investigations into the ever more apparent systematic and repeated and uh, mechanized violation of the first amendment by the biden administration through through well, channels to twitter you know um there there uh, have been several um key issues uh that that mccarthy 
as as leader, uh, Republican leader um, over the last couple of years, has not spoken out about January 6th being among them. Uh, election integrity, not a peep. Um, and, and, you know, then then, you know, the topics that you bring up, too. Um, that's part of the, you know, complaints that, that, that are being brought against him, that he, he has not been, uh, an outspoken champion of first amendment rights, uh, of the, uh, the, the, the overreach of the violation of, of American citizens, first amendment rights and others. Um, fourth amendment comes to mind as well. And fifth, uh, he, he is not. Um, spoken out, and 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 that's that's what what you know some of the complaints are about. He's simply not um, a spokesman for for core constitutional principles. He's not. So it seems like, and again, this is all my own uh, very broad stroke speculation, but it kind of seems to be the. To boil it down in its simplest terms, it seems to be the norm, the normal entrenched kind of uniparty power structure against those that might be upsetting the apple cart or tipping. Yeah, uniparty is a very good way to put it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, also look over at the Senate at, at you know, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Mm. Um, at where was he yesterday? Uh, he was. Um, in uh, what was it, Pennsylvania, um, at an event together with President Biden to promote the monstrosity of the omnibus bill uh, for infrastructure projects. That's uniparty in action. Hmm. Well, I feel like if the uniparty was going to kind of bulldoze its way through, they would have, they would have already. They would have already done it. So it kind of, it is entertaining, I guess, not to fall into the normal bread and circus, but it doesn't seem to be just gliding through like normal. Uh, I don't know. What What if he doesn't get it? Who <clears throat> is there like a next runner up or is it? Well, I mean, a number of, of other Republican House members have, have been nominated in various floor speeches, among them Byron Donalds of Florida, uh, uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, who absolutely does not want the job and has said so repeatedly because he will be much better situated uh, as the uh, incoming chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Steve Scalise's name has been mentioned. Um, but no one particular leader, uh, you know, has emerged as, you know, the alternative uh, to to McCarthy. And, and it kind of seems that they're waiting for McCarthy to withdraw uh, before a particular alternative leader is is put forward for um, to ask for support. Why do you is that, is that a tactical thing? If someone if I step up and say, you know, I'm going to take him, does that give McCarthy time to drum up or you know, some some of me? this is uh, really inside baseball yeah. uh, for the House, and um, 
my understanding of it only goes so far. Gotcha. I'm not sure if this is a tactic or um, they just haven't gotten that far yet. I don't know. I often forget that the guest is not an encyclopedia that has all the answers of the universe. And when I ask them, why is this happening? And they go, I don't know. And I go, oh, yeah, none of us do. <laughs> That's why it's news. Um, I guess that makes sense. Now, you said he's this is so this is the ninth. Or the I eighth believe vote they're and... heading now, maybe right as we speak for the ninth vote. Yes. And he can only. You said he can he, he can only lose so many times. He can only lose four votes. Not not um, you mean individual. He needs a total of two hundred eighteen votes out of the entire house. Uh, it's not four thirty five because a couple are absent or one has has passed away, unfortunately. Um, so it it's it's uh, the number is two hundred eighteen uh, that that the speaker must earn in a vote uh, to, to be elected. Uh, and that means um, for, for McCarthy that he can only lose four of his own Republican members gotcha. on any vote. And up until now, he has lost uh, at least 10 and upwards of 20. So uh, going into the ninth vote. Uh, at the eighth vote, I think he lost around 10 that's not that's right. not tenable he, he, there's no path for him with with 10 holdouts okay so i i had the i had the verbiage mixed up it's it's not that he can only lose four four sets of voting oh no no they they can go on they for do a that. long time Got i mean it. historically uh there Could have been times um I, I i certainly hope it won't be this again but uh, I forget which date in the past uh, went over a hundred votes, a hundred times okay. to vote to reach uh, an agreement on a speaker. Okay, I don't expect that's going to happen this time. Sure, but they are up to number nine now. There's no limit. Sure. Okay. So I, I just had the vocabulary confused. So if you can only lose up now, is that is that? And I guess we're just really showcasing how little I know about this. But is that because it's assumed? that the democratic members just won't vote for him much like the is that it's just they're not going right. to the, oh. the the democrat members of of the house are lined up uh behind the democrat uh party candidate gotcha. for speaker uh hakeem jeffries gotcha and then just because the republicans ha have the majority it's they essentially but they can vote but because their majority is so slim they're that's why um McCarthy can only lose up to four uh, votes uh, if he wants to win uh, the speaker position. Now, could Democrats vote for McCarthy? Yes. I, if we're talking but, uniparty, is that out yeah, of the Yeah, but that's not happening. It's not. That's not a norm. That's. I mean, they could, but we're not seeing that. They, they, okay, I got. Yeah, they could, but it's all right. Gotcha. Um. I guess that would maybe you would really see the uniparty though. That's what I'm wondering. If uh when backed well, against the wall, does the uniparty do they fall in line? Uniparty probably refers more to positions on policies. Yeah, no, I, I know. To I this know. particular um vote, um, you know, contest for, for speaker. 
but I guess I'm looking at it kind of in like the same way, like, you know, Mike Pence didn't didn't have to certify the election, but he or the with the votes, but he did. That I'm sort just, of thing. Exactly. I guess I'm looking at like theoretically. That kind they of could. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where I'm getting at then is when their back is up against the wall, when it does get to the the last play of the game, if you will, like we saw on January 6th, two years ago. And when push comes to shove, the Uniparty does kind of show. Well, its face. I mean, you know, the, the, the Democrats do not want uh, McCarthy to be speaker. No. OK. Well, I mean, they might prefer him. That's what I, one I guess of the that's alternatives. what I, but I guess that's what I'm getting at. Gonna vote for him. That's what I'm getting at is, you know, you have you have your ideal outcomes. No, because... you know what they they actually did. Some of the members, the Democrat members, they actually came into the the chamber yesterday, and were eating popcorn. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. Funny. I think there was something about um, alcoholic beverages too, but I'm not so sure about that. That, that is kind of funny. Um, all right. Well, I mean, well, I guess there's really nothing there. Stay tuned. Crazy. You know, yeah, I don't know I what else that's... to say at this point other than stay tuned. This is going to go on for a while, um, maybe through tomorrow. But again, huh. going through tomorrow ties up the chamber, ties up the members on the anniversary of January the 6th. And that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. To remind them, you know, what, what this is really all about. Well, that is kind of wild because didn't didn't the the January sixth committee just vote to like seal away all surveillance video for fifty years? Yes, uh, they did. Hundred and what is it? Forty thousand hours or something. So it's a good sign. Um, of course, that can be overturned. That can sure. be uh, reversed with a Republican majority vote. Um, that evidence has apparently been sent away to the National Archives from whence it can be summoned back. Yeah, a uh, video of, of security guards opening gates or the doors from the inside, mm -hmm. oh, like mm -hmm. Pfizer and their request for 75 years. That's always a good indication of transparency and innocence. I didn't do anything wrong, but we're going to seal this thing up for the next half century. It's always a, that's always a good move. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's it. That's, is there anything else going on in the world? Is it really this? Is the spotlight on this? Well, you know, speaking of um, Congress, I'll mention that just before Christmas, I think it was the 21st of December, if I remember right, uh, the Ukrainian president, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, mm -hmm. uh, came to the United oh, yeah. States and uh, delivered uh, an address in English uh, to a joint session of Congress. Um received a, a thunderous standing ovation, bipartisan. Um, and he made the case uh, after thanking the United States for all the assistance that we provided to help liberate his country from, from the Russian invasion. Uh, he made a request for more help. Um, in particular right now, uh, it appears what they're looking for are tanks or at least heavy, heavy armored vehicles because now that the ground is frozen, um, warfare uh, will shift to heavier mm -hmm. uh, armored vehicles that 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 previously in you know rainy muddy uh, weather uh, that preceded the winter um, you know just wouldn't have been able to move but now now they can 
so that was his um that was his uh, probably top request um but um you know it, it it was uh it was amazing to see him there uh he received an american flag from nancy pelosi that had flown over the capitol uh, and i think he presented her with one uh ukrainian flag too in in return kind of like a 100,000 foot picture is this uh is this our own posturing kind of like post world war 2 Marshall Plan esque, providing a bulwark against against the expanding Soviet Union. I think it was wasn't it Richard Bissell went over and met with Stalin, and he was like, "When will you stop your expansion?" And he said, "When we have enough." And he didn't clarify it, and that's kind of yeah. I think I might be getting the timeline correct. That's what led to the Marshall Plan, which was more than just you know altruistic rebuilding of Europe. It was also redrawing the lines kind of setting up for the cold war and well it, it was establishing nato alongside of the well Marshall. that and then that's what i'm kind of getting to is and i i don't mean this in some pessimistic way, and it's very easy for me to uh be an armchair observer in my safe apartment in america i i get that i'm aware of that um do you think that's what more this is 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 us kind of redrawing the lines of... No, we're not redrawing lines. Not... I, I, I would say um, differently. I, I would put it differently. And that is that, and I think I, I may have spoken with you about this before, but on other shows too. Um, what what we're defending and, and those uh, who, who likewise are helping to support uh, Ukraine in, in Europe and, and, and certainly NATO members... Um, we're supporting the ideal, the idealized uh, vision of a world order, of a global world order that began in 1648 with the Treaty of Westphalia, mm -hmm. which, uh, which treaty was signed in uh, the German town of Westphalia following the horrific, catastrophic 30 years war that had torn Europe apart, slaughtered I don't know how many uh, people. And at the end of it, 1648, uh, the great powers of the day got together in Westphalia and came to an agreement that from then on, um, the, the idealized world order would be based upon the sovereign nation state with inviolable borders. Now, obviously, that ideal is something to be aspired to uh, and has been observed as much in the breach since that date until now, but it remains the ideal, mm. remains the ideal of a world order that I think we, at least of the free world, um, want to preserve. And that goes for our southern border as equally as the borders of any other place um, that are being violated. And if we've listened to the speeches of Vladimir Putin, <clears throat> the ruler of, of Russia, uh, over even the last several years, not even just very recently, but going back some time, he has very openly stated that his objective in life is to, is to reestablish as much of the old USSR, the Soviet Union, uh, if not the Russian Empire itself, as he possibly can. 
Yeah. Straight out, he says this. Yeah, it's not hidden. Yeah. And what we're defending against is that uh, unfounded declaration of of some kind of a non-existent right to invade and seize and conquer and dominate whatever would-be emperors and warlords want to. That's what we're defending against. Um, That's why Ukraine matters. And more specifically, of course, uh, Putin has very directly threatened actual NATO members like the Baltic states, Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania, um, with reconquest uh, again. And they're NATO members. And, And were he to be allowed to get away with what he's attempting in Ukraine, thankfully up until now without much success, and it looks like not going to have success. But but were he to be allowed to do that, he's very openly stated that the Baltics would be next. And then what? And then by Article 5 of, of the NATO Treaty, the United States and all of our NATO partners would be drawn in directly to, war. to the conflict. Um, right now, what we've been providing, uh, by the way, it's not blank checks. Yeah, Nobody's no, no, sending over, you know, shrink-wrapped piles of hundred-dollar bills on pallets like. to Ukraine, like we do to the <laughs> Taliban and the mullahs in Iran. But rather, the majority of the money that has been allocated for Ukraine uh, has been provided in the form of weaponry, yeah, um, and ammunition and humanitarian aid too. Um, weaponry that's pr- proved pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, most recently, I, I, I would point to the HIMARS, uh, which are the um, the highly maneuverable uh, artillery rocket systems uh, that have been used to devastating effect to defend Ukraine uh, against uh, the Russians. So, um, you know, get banish the thought that we're just writing blank checks. We're not. It's uh-huh. not checks. It's not piles of shrink-wrapped $100 bills. We only send those to the mullahs in Iran and the Taliban. We only send those but, to... But um, not to Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so so that's that that's my, you know, overview of, of why Ukraine matters. Why is Ukraine, Ukraine's fight our fight? Yeah. It's for the idealized world order that we wish to live in and bequeath to our children. And it's more directly about preventing... Uh, Putin from going any further, which he has outright stated is his objective on, on multiple occasions. Yeah. No, we only send the unmarked bills to theocratic dictator, di- dictatorships that tweet death to Israel and America. But no, I mean, I've I've definitely slowly shifted my own, I guess, opinion on it. I'm I'm influenced by a lot of the actual, you know, special forces guys I've interviewed that you know the g the g watt veterans that are you know like this isn't our fight and i'm i'm openly you know influenced by them i've got to know them and uh they're pretty disillusioned with it and i have to take their word for it and again admittedly my own uh cognitive uh opinion on i I don't like biden but i also have to zoom out and realize that 
first of all, nothing is black and white. It's all extremely gray and messy and sloppy. And it doesn't, there's not a perfect balance sheet at the end. And, and we shouldn't base our position about Ukraine or anything else on whom else takes the position for or against. Well, and that's, in other words, my, my own not, critique of myself. Yeah. I have to, we're, 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 we're not judging, um, you know, the fight for Ukraine's independence um, on the fact that, I don't know, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, used to be a comedic actor uh, or that he's got, you know, a past that never, you know, never gave a hint of the leader he would grow into under under this these extreme circumstances i mean reminds no, no, me uh, 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 another hollywood actor um sure. who rose to the occasion w when called upon and, and that's what i see with Zelensky. there was no hint in his past that he would ever become uh, the kind of leader of his people that he has become i think well, it's remarkable i think he's amazing and i also have to give credit to uh, the amazing fighting spirit of the Ukrainian people who are determined to live free and to liberate their land uh, from this invasion. No, and then that's, again, my own sort of external critique of myself is I can't constantly point and laugh at examples of kind of people foaming at the mouth and orange man bad. It's like I have to remove myself from the my own thoughts and be like you know what is the actual mm -hmm. chessboard and as much as i would you know love for you know it all to be perfect and for us not to be involved anymore the reality is is there 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 are a series of events that will unfold we've mm -hmm. seen in the last century that appeasement doesn't work and yeah, I mean, it's probably, this is probably the least worst outcome as much as that's a, as much of a difficult pill as it is to swallow. Yeah. And, and, you know, one other point, um, it's constantly pointed out and right, rightfully, uh, that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt places on the face of the earth. Sure. Yeah, they are. Um, but you know, he who live in glass house maybe no throw stones. Well, and that's I'm, um, also, I'm also very you know, like, aware at this point, of in, what in, we are. in America. Um, we're not exactly a shining example of a corruption-free um, yeah, uh, government. You can't or, talk or, about or, the Twitter or, files. You know, establishment, and, and so does that. Would that make it right for I don't know North Korea to decide to peel off Oregon, uh, Idaho, mm -hmm. and California? Yeah, because we're corrupt. I mean, maybe some of us wouldn't mind seeing some of them go. Okay, but that that, that aside, um, that wouldn't be right. You know, just just because we have corruption within our system, that that does not justify no um, wholesale invasion, bombardment of cities to rubble, uh, and wholesale slaughter of of, of civilians, and uh, and and then pressuring that country that's been invaded to negotiate the future status of its eastern most sovereign territory you know yeah. would we sit down with kim jong-un to 
negotiate the future of Oregon, Idaho, Washington State, California? No, we I don't think vaporize so. Vaporize their homeland. You know, um, I, I, I don't think we would do that, and nor should we, or even think of it. But then neither should we be pressuring Ukraine to do that either. Yeah, and I think it's, again, just being a, a critic of myself, it's kind of like, you know, my, myself included, when you're younger and you have more uh, liberal utopian ideals, which, you know, it's great, it's short, it's like the quote, you know, show me a young man, uh, show me a young man who's not a liberal and I'll show you a man without a heart, show me an old man who's not a conservative and I'll show you a man without a brain. And I, I, I know that's broad strokes too, but, you know, it's like as you get older and you, you realize, you're like, yeah, man, you know, the best service costs the most money. And as you get older, you're like, no shit. You, if, if you want the next day delivery if or if you want the thing installed today, you got to pay more. That's incentive. That's how it works. There is sort of my own red pilling where it's like, well, there's kickbacks from like the money going overseas to, you know, it's also going into slush funds. And it's like, part of me is also like, what do you know? Like, that's how the machine works. And it's not good. But it's like, how do you think this shit gets done? And I think I'm maybe having more of like a, a mature view of like, yeah, there are people making money off of this, but we've seen that you have to contain these things because if you don't, you're just going to pay it tenfold and. And you're going to be you're going to pay with pay it with American blood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's. And again, this is all me sitting in my own cozy apartment. I, I get that I'm 32 and I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no, but, I think you're right. You're 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 on to the the right um, conclusion here. I think it's, and, but it's also just like, you know, it's also it's sloppier. It's like you accept that it's not all peachy, that things don't always work out, but in a way, it's almost more comforting because it's more real. And then there's also like the whole. This isn't a, you're not in a lab, you know, dropping acid on a block of aluminum and seeing what happens. It's, there is no redo. It's a, it's a real time, it's a real time simulation. You can't go, oh, look what happened. You have to choose the path now that you think is least worst. We can't wait five years and go, oh, see when we didn't back Ukraine, Putin did this. Let's go. You know, you don't go back and do it. You have to make the least, the least crappy decision now, mm -hmm. and and in support of it, I would say there's also probably to Biden, to Biden's credit, which are words I don't like saying, but I think there is something to be said for putting your money where your mouth is. Does this make China think twice about Taiwan? That's a good point, and I think absolutely it does. Like, hey, we'll we'll show up. Like, we'll we'll show up. We'll spend this money. That's kind of you know, it's less shit talking and more like, yeah, no, we'll do it. We'll we'll do it. There's probably something to be said for that. And again, you have to not you, me. Stop looking at who's in office and look at the like, not even hundred thousand foot, like hundred thousand mile view which one is guiding towards a though imperfect more idealized world of of sovereignty and bulwarks against expansion yeah i mean i think this is probably 
this is probably the least worst path. And that's that's a bitter pill to swallow. But you know, when you're on your own, you can make a decision down. You can make very uh very microscopic decisions in your own life from like what kind of socks you buy. But like the bigger your group gets, then it comes to this negotiation of like, where are we going to go for dinner? And then the bigger your group gets and it's like, well, what are we going to, you know, vote on for city taxes? And then the bigger your group gets, well, what are we voting on for who's going to represent the state in the Congress? And as the groups of people get bigger and bigger, I mean, you kind of have to be an adult and go, you're going to get less and less of, of what you want. It's more and more fuzzy. And you have to kind of just go with, well, what is the the closest thing to that which you want? And we're not talking about Tommy and Tommy's apartment. We're, we're talking about nation states and the future of billions of people. Yeah, it's it's probably... This is probably what you have to do. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely humbling. I, you know, I've been very open up against, I don't think we should be involved, but I, my mind has been shifting more and more where I kind of feel like I'm having my head pulled out of my ass. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Well, you know, what, what, what is the, you can sit there and go, no one should be homeless. Everyone should have jobs. And it's like, Hey, who's paying for it? Like grow up. Get out of your hippie commune, like put the bong down. Who's paying for it? And you kind of have that that moment as you get older that, you know, there is no such thing as a free lunch. I guess that's what I'm getting at is I realize like yeah, you probably got to fund Ukraine. Is it corrupt? Sure. But like Putin has in no less words stated what he wants to do. He, he's, he's telling you. It's written on his face. He's saying, I'm going to do this. And he's doing it. I mean, he denies outright the, the, the nationhood, the peoplehood, the sovereignty of Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. Yeah. He declares that they have no identity. Yeah. Separate from that of a Russian empire. He wants to erase the sovereign nationhood peoplehood of the ukrainian people and they're they're not having it yeah yeah i mean it's also very easy for me to i've had a guy in here a couple times eric luhan who's a ukrainian refugee and he comes on maybe every like two or three months Mm. and i had him on the last day of last year the last podcast i did and uh, I was just realizing, even talking to him, like he and his family has, have fled to Spain. But when I talk to him, other than talking to you and talking to him, those are really the only times I'm like thinking about Ukraine. It's more of like a a little mental exercise I do. And then I put it on the shelf and go about my life. And talking to him always brings me back down to earth. Like this isn't going away for him. This isn't. For me, it's a it's a little podcast and your Zoom square pops up and I do it and I title the episode and I upload it and then it's on to the next thing. But like this, you know, his brother's fighting like. It's very real, and I think that's what I also have to remember is that this is a. This is like an intellectual curiosity I have no different than like. A, 
like a Rubik's cube. It's like, how is this solved? And then I can just put it down and go get groceries and go to bed. Like this, this is reality for people. And that's like my own sort of, I have to kind of shut up sometimes. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I feel like I've been meandering for the last 10 minutes. No, so. you're, you're, you're sort of thinking out loud and, yeah. and, um, and I appreciate that you're, you're processing everything we've been talking about. And, uh, I, I think that's a useful exercise. So thank you for letting me talk about it too. Yes, ma'am. Well, we've, we've successfully run this for almost an hour, despite me wanting to crawl into bed and die. So with that, oh, not actually die, but go get some chicken soup. I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to get back and I'm going to get in bed so early tonight. That's one of the best things about being sick is like you just get into bed so early and you sleep so long. No, that's, like, that's like the one silver out. Well, I'm someone that normally stays up way later than I should. This is like, I kind of, it is refreshing just being dog tired and wanting to get into bed. I'm, well, I, I'm, I do hope you feel better soon. Well, thank you, Miss Claire Lopez. As always, everything and everything will be in the description. The websites, the shows from media. I am still banned from Twitter, so that's uh Doctor. Gotta Malone's work on back. that, Doctor McCullough. Back back. I did have, you know, kind of not on my 2023 bingo card. Two days ago, I interviewed a, a woman who dated Lee Harvey Oswald, and she she uh, made a tweet about a. Uh, because she's back on Twitter and I'm still not back on Twitter. Mm. And so somebody screenshotted a tweet of her saying like at Elon Musk, please, you know, get Tommy's podcast back on Twitter. And, you know, that's something I, uh, I never thought I would see. And, and that was not on my bingo card is Lee Harvey Oswald, ex-girlfriend uh, rallying for me to get back on Twitter. So well, maybe I can help out. I'll do whatever I can. Please do. He's a, uh, I don't know why I can't get back on. I don't even, I don't. There, there are millions. I mean, I, I think it's a numbers thing. So yeah. many people, thousands and thousands were banned and shadow banned. And I am a, refu off. I am a refugee. I'm stuck in limbo and, uh, to get you back. I will get back. That's my fight. Miss Claire Lopez. Thank right. you so much. We'll resume next week and, uh, I will send you this episode when it's up and, uh, thank you so much. Sounds good. You're welcome. Yes, ma'am. Take, Take care, care everybody.